Welcome back to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. I'm back, guys. Thank you so much for riding out with me. Man, I gotta tell you, it takes a lot to put these episodes together. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. It takes a lot from start to finish to keep this thing going and rolling by myself. So that being said, I'm about to bring on some new audio editors to the podcast, and I'm very happy to be taking this step. That will allow me the time freedom to focus on recording and getting my thoughts down and creating rather than rushing to bring something just to have it. I know a lot of people don't care, but it matters to me whether something is sloppy or not. And sometimes, you know, my schedule just does not allow me to be as, not that I'm a perfectionist, but to be as professional as I want to be when I'm rushing to put something out there. But if I'm working with a very small amount of time, then I kind of have to rush it. And so I kind of just got tired of rushing it. That being said, a hearty thank you to all of the people who have joined my Patreon and have supported this podcast. It's because of you. Like, it's literally 100% because of you that I'm able to bring in editors to help out with the podcast and to give me that freedom to create and bring it to you on a more consistent basis without taxing myself beyond a level that is acceptable where I start neglecting real life. So thank you guys and thanks everybody just for riding out with me from the beginning. This is definitely a labor of love. And honestly, it's kind of therapeutic. <laughs> so. I hope I bring you value and all of that. Now, even though I haven't been putting out content as regularly as I had been, I'd be watching. You gonna find me on Twitter? I don't post on Instagram as regularly as I post on Twitter. Twitter's like where I dump all of my thoughts. But it's really been good in this last month or so since Harry and Meghan made that earth-shattering announcement, right? Which we all loved. We lived and continue to live, right? But it's really allowed me to see just what will happen when the dust settles. And the dust is settling. But now that Harry and Meghan have moved right on out the way, we're kind of seeing people's true colors, right? So that's what I've really been relishing in this last month or so. It was much needed time to kind of process everything. Harry and Meghan have taken a new direction. And now you get to sort of see things for how they really, truly are. Dare I say, should have been. Because a lot is being revealed. And we're going to get into that. But a lot is really being revealed now that Harry and Meghan aren't setting up to be somebody's punching bag. And quite honestly, a lot of what we're seeing is just funny. And we knew it would be. Like when Harry and Meghan left the royal family, we saw, A, they were removing themselves as a shield for the royal family. The press was really mad about it because bye-bye profits. Writing about all of the other royals is not as profitable as writing about Harry and Meghan. We knew that. But see, then when you remove the shield, the press is still going to be there. So they're going to look for other people to talk about. And they're going to do the thing that brings in the profits, which is to be nasty and dirty and vile and whatever. But mm, it's not like we're talking about people who probably don't deserve it, but that's another topic. But the tabloids focus on the royal family is only just now starting. And I'm talking about the family. When as long as Harry and Meghan were there, it was Harry and Meghan. But now that they're not there, 
they're going back to focusing on the family, like pre-Harry and Meghan days. And of course, they're not going in on them yet, but at least the focus has shifted. It's just really sad that Harry and Meghan had to move to Canada for that to happen. But the fact that it happened, great. But what's funny is how the press and a lot of these same royal reporters who did nothing but trash Meghan, they're still trying to talk about them. And none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. I feel like deep down, I knew this was going to happen, like even way before I started this podcast. At some point, whenever they decided to move themselves, and this is what we have all believed, the only thing that surprised any of us was how soon it happened. And man, the sooner the better. All power to them. But we knew that it would happen eventually. And then to see, A, all of the support that Harry and Meghan got before, but especially after they left, and how the British press has been repeatedly, consistently on the wrong side of the argument, right? But then now to see them remove themselves, they didn't say, well, you know, we're just going to step down our royal duties, but, you know, we're still going to be over here in England in the background. They said, no, we're living in a whole other country. We're living on the other side of the pond, the American side of the pond, full time. We know we say half time, part time, but, you know, it really didn't work out that way because I guess some other folks behind the scene didn't really want us to have shit. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to do our own thing. We're not going to be royal. Well, we're going to be royal, but we're not going to be working royals. We're going to be philanthropists trying to make our own way without the taxpayers' money. We're going to pay back whatever y'all are complaining about that went into Frogmore Cottage. We're just going to go ahead and move out the way. And then taking all of that and seeing people like Chris Shipp, seeing people like Paul Olive, seeing people like just all of them talking about Harry and Meghan. I bet their engagement went down. I still don't see why people engage with those royal reporters, but, you know, we're kind of gloating now. But to see their engagement go down, to see their engagement go up whenever they talk about Harry and Meghan doing something over here in America, because Prince Harry is like the American prince at this point. To see them just pounce on even just a whiff of Harry and Meghan news, it's hilarious. It's hilarious because we know who feeds you. We know who fed you. But guess who fucked it up? You. It's also been great to see some of the people that have been some of the most vocal, harshest critics of the Sussexes. Now in this space where Harry and Meghan have done everything they said, the critics said that they wanted Harry and Meghan to do. Step back. Let Will and Kate, the future Kang and Queen, step to the front. You know, just go off and be some minor royals. You're not going to take the throne after all. Just go away, Megan. You just like the limelight. Why don't you just fade into the background? Megan hasn't been seen for weeks. She hasn't been seen for weeks. There's a reason why we don't have a photo of her and Harry in Miami speaking at the J.P. Morgan event. But still, you got folks like Angela Levin. You got people who wanted them to just kind of go away because they were so offended by the presence of them at all as a royal couple. Well, now they've literally gone away. And boy, they can't stand that they got more popular. They can't stand that even more people identify with them. So now they've reformed their criticisms. At first, it was Megan just wants the attention. She just wants the limelight. 
She's an actress after all. To, oh, well, you know, Megan is just taking Harry away from us. Meanwhile, Harry and Megan then moved on with their lives. It's hilarious, but it's embarrassing for the people who said that they just wanted them to go away. They've done that. Like, they've literally done that. Not necessarily on your behalf, but just so they can get peace of mind. And you still can't keep their names out your mouth. Like, you got what you wanted. And I'm talking about from the the most vocal critic with the biggest platform to the little troll on Instagram. All y'all girls got what you wanted. Why is her name still up in your mouth? So that's been really cool to see. Talk about skeletons. All the skeletons are coming out. Some of them anyway, but they out of the closet. They out of the house. Hell, they in the middle of the street doing Michael Jackson's thriller routine right now. I mean, look, I already said it. Megan's pretty much like Celie. <laughs> She's the Celie in this scenario. Everything you done to me, I already done to you. Look at Autumn. What's that girl named Autumn? Peter and Autumn? I don't know who they are. The only reason I know who they are is because of Megan, right? Didn't know, didn't care that they existed. But apparently Autumn is going north to freedom because Megan apparently has given her the courage to leave her husband and to leave royalty behind. She was one of those girls that married into royalty thinking, this was it. I made it. I'm in the upper echelon. Realizing after you got there that where you really went was the ghetto. Been saying that since episode one. Honey, I'm really just tickled at the fact that, like, Megan married into the royal family. Yes, the royal wedding was amazing. But I just imagine her looking around and thinking, what the hell did I marry into? Literally. And in some instances, it was quite serious where she was pregnant and nobody was coming to her defense. But realizing that her surroundings are so bankrupt morally. It's literally a moral ghetto. That's really what I mean when I call whatever the royal family exists in the ghetto. To me, they're bankrupt. Looking around, realizing that, oh, damn, my shit was actually nice before I moved up in here. (laughs) And Harry saying, baby, get your shit. We finna go. And they left. So Autumn's trying to leave, too. And I find it very hard to believe that Autumn would have left her husband had Megan just decided... Yeah, I guess I'll just have to put up with it. And by the way, for people who don't know, Autumn is married to Peter. Peter, I believe, girl, because I could be wrong, because again, don't care. I believe Peter is Princess Anne's son, the guy that was hawking milk in China to pay his bills. And Anne is the queen's daughter. The queen's granddaughter-in-law left her husband and said, yeah, going back to Canada, eh? Because this ain't for me, yo. And that's that. Then the thing that got me, though, is like how the press tried to spin it and say it didn't really strike me as negative, but it was trying to open the door for blame to go in. Like, oh, Megan came in and disrupted the whole thing because the girl supposedly said that Megan leaving the royal family, her and Harry going to Canada gave her the courage to leave the royal family as well or divorce her husband and all that. Again, it's just another opportunity for them to talk about Megan. Even though (laughs) Megan ain't got nothing to do with them, I wouldn't be surprised if Megan has never uttered 10 words to these people. But now sis is headed to freedom. Congrats to her, though. Seriously, nobody should stay in an unhappy situation. And Megan inspired people before she became a member of the royal family, before she became Prince Harry's boo. She's been Megan. Megan's been her own boo. And it's something powerful in knowing who you are and knowing what you won't tolerate. 
And the fact that people said to Megan after she did that interview with Tom Bradby that, you know, you should just be happy that you're in that situation or you should be happy that you are a member of the royal family. You're a commoner after all. After she said, no, this is a situation where I'm looking around and I'm realizing I'm not thriving. I'm just surviving. It's not good enough. She essentially said, this is not good enough. And then she later demonstrated her and her husband why it just wasn't. So the fact that others in her situation, because similar to Megan, Autumn married into the royal family. She wasn't born into it. Doesn't matter if you were aristocratic or not. It's a little bit different when you're marrying into an establishment like that. Megan came here and good for her because she didn't bring a perspective of, oh, my God, these are our royals. We really look up to them. Oh, all this history. And it's just the monarchy. It's amazing. I'm so happy to be here. She didn't come into it with that. She came fully knowing who she is and they stepped away from it all. Of course, it's good to have the support of your husband. It's good that Harry, knowing who he is, being who he is, puts his family, his own family, before his extended royal family and said, this right here is unacceptable. Now, Autumn probably doesn't have a Harry, but still good for her for deciding to go back to Canada, go back to wherever she feels like she had the most peace. Because when your peace goes down joining a family, you start to wonder whether you made the right decision. But good for her. Speaking of good news, though, let's get into some. Can we just praise Megan and Harry for throwing shade in like the classiest, most productive way possible and following only outlets on Instagram that are promoting good news, positive news, news that shines a light on people being their best selves people highlighting the best of humanity. What a way to highlight just how ridiculous all of their critics up to this point, led by those in the news media, British tabloid media rather, because it's not really news, but highlighting how ridiculous they are without saying a word, without saying a word, by action, highlighting how much of a waste of time negative fluff news is. So if you don't follow them on Instagram, in short, Harry and Meghan, they highlight causes, they highlight people, individuals, ideas, according to who they follow. Knowing that their influence is great, following a few people or a different idea every month, and then when the first of the month rolls around, following a new set of people. Last year, in 2019, it was causes and charities. So whether focusing on, you know, self-acceptance or mental health or children's charities or environmental charities. This year, they're going to follow one Instagram account per month. And what I love is, (laughs) and it almost like is the pettiest thing ever, in a good way, though. What I love is that in January, they followed... Good News Movement, an account on Instagram. By the way, in 30 days, 31 days, their account size doubled. It doubled. It doubled. And they didn't have 30 followers. They had like 200,000 followers. Now they got 400,000 followers. That right there shows you not just the power of good news, because it's a remarkable Instagram account. 
But it shows you the influence of Harry and Meghan, that everybody is watching that account. Harry and Meghan have always known their influence. So they're using it for good to highlight the other side of what media can be. So February 1 rolls around. Sussex Royal unfollows the Good News Movement, only to turn right back around and follow global positive news. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is what we are about. This is who we are. And this is who y'all are not, meaning they're critics. We can be positive. We can still say it's okay to be a good person. We can still say it's okay to be a conservationist. We can still say it's okay to buy clothes that are ethically made. We can say all the things that we think are good things to do while you sit there and you criticize the fact that we flew on a private jet or you sit there and you criticize the fact that we wear clothes that may be expensive or clothes that you can't afford. Fine. But we're still going to be who we are. And look at all this good news happening in the world. You worried about us. You worried about us and our decisions when y'all wanted us to fade into obscurity. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to do our own thing. We're letting y'all have this senior royal crap. Look at all this good news in the world. Talk about some of it. Fill your timeline and your tabloids with some of it. Look at all these wonderful people out here doing even just small things that are quite incredible. Stop worrying about when I go hiking with my baby. Stop worrying about how my baby, my baby don't even have no title, sis. Stop worrying about what we do in our daily lives. Look at all these wonderful people that you could be highlighting. Why are you creeping all up in my comments? Go put some positivity up in the world. That's what we're trying to do. But what I really love about it, in all seriousness, is that it's a way of them demonstrating that they're not going to allow negativity to get them down. They're going to double down on who they are. They've done this time and time again. This is what I believe. I feel like they were pushed out. Yes, they wanted to leave. I think it's a combination of both. It's the same coin. Harry wanted to leave, but they pushed them out also. But the fact that throughout this whole three-year process, they've had to fight people tooth and nail just to preserve even just the smallest bit of their dignity and peace of mind, and they're still out here highlighting people who were doing the things that we should all be striving to do just day to day. Oh, I mean, we do. We do do it. But like, they don't have to do that. So it's just kind of like throwing sand in the face of the people who only want to see them suffer. Not only are they absolutely refusing to suffer, they're refusing to fail. They're refusing to be anyone other than themselves. And I am so proud of them for that. I think they are philanthropists at heart. Megan certainly is. I've always believed that her acting has been a vehicle for her philanthropy. It's just who she is. Her mother is a social worker. I mean, it's not something that is foreign to her. And I think Harry is too. Him being able to witness the care that his mother demonstrated for people, even though she's in a position where she doesn't have to. I think they're going to be amazing. Whether they're billionaires or not, <laughs> I keep seeing that word floating around. It would be actually like a giant F you. I don't think money is their goal, though. But I mean, heck, they're already richer than like the vast majority of humanity. But I don't care whether they get to be billionaires or not. I just think the royal family and their short-sightedness, they forgot 
that the world wants to see them win, regardless. And I mean them being Harry and Meghan, not the royal family. So I believe what we're seeing is the royal family is like waking up to that. And it's so funny because you had them right there. All you had to do was protect them. I mean, and that's not to say Harry and Meghan wouldn't have struck out on their own regardless, even if they had the most ideal situation inside the royal family, which we know they did not. But they had the power behind the scenes to protect Harry and Meghan so that they weren't treated so poorly. And now they regret it because here goes the queen. Harry and Meghan, will y'all come back over here? You know, we got this Commonwealth thing and we sure would love to see you. (laughs) I mean, you couldn't drag me back to England. Harry being as dutiful as he is, that grandson that respects the queen, even though she took away his military appointments, they're going to go back and that's fine. But they don't have to. But they probably will. But it's just funny to see how it's all playing out. And boy, isn't hindsight 2020? Like, I'd be embarrassed if I were a member of that family. Because see, now, this is what I noticed. When Harry and Meghan, when they left, all the people complaining about Meghan doing this and Meghan being that and Harry doing this and Harry being that, they were like, oh, Will and Kate are going to have all this work now. They're going to have to work for two. These are the same people talking about, well, you know, they're just going to fade into irrelevance after the wedding. So Harry and Meghan, they aren't the future king and queen of England. Well, now y'all future king and queen of England got to work. They got to do the work because they can't hide from the fact that they were not really doing the work before Harry and Meghan became the Duke and Duchess of Sussex anyway. Harry and Meghan were the distraction. Now they're gone. There's no distraction. So now people aren't so quickly shifting their focus from, well, just what are these royals doing? Now that we had, for a very brief amount of time, a couple of years, we had an example of what work ethic in that context is supposed to look like. And now that Harry and Meghan, who don't have to be there, and everybody already understood that Harry and Meghan didn't have to be there. They were kind of there as a favor anyway. But now that they're out here living their lives, now everybody's looking at Will and Kate like, all right, so here y'all go. Y'all can step into y'all roles wholeheartedly now because now you got all the engagements. (laughs) You got them to yourself now, girl. You got that spotlight. And so I just didn't understand why people were complaining about that. Like, girl, Kate got a lot of energy. Will and Kate, they have a lot of energy of all those engagements they didn't go to before Harry and Meghan joined the family. Now. They can go everywhere. And they got the tabloids all to themselves. And of course, when Harry and Meghan do go back in March, I guess that's when this Commonwealth, I can't remember what it's called, the Queen requesting them to come back. Oh, (laughs) and bring Archie too. I mean, forgive me for saying, but like, how pathetic. You know the news media is going to pounce all over it. They're going to be so happy. And don't be surprised if they are extra, extra, extra gloaty. And adoring and, oh, Megan, look at Megan. Of course, everybody wants to see Archie, but like, I think they're going to realize just how terrible they were to them, especially since it would have been months since they last were able to report on them, like in a real way. And I'm just going to love it. I'm going to love it because we're already seeing people talking out of both sides of their mouths. But what I absolutely love the most is that Harry and Megan in this new context of being 
minor royals and you took Harry's military appointments away so he doesn't have that obligation, although he would love it, he would want it, but you slap them in the face with that. Oh, I think they're going to be so petty. (laughs) I think Harry and Meghan are going to be so petty around these people. Anytime we see them around the royal family in these events, maybe a couple of times a year, oh, I hope they're so petty because they don't have any obligations to these folks anymore. They have no obligation to the media. And I'm sure Frogmore Cottage doesn't even feel like home, even though they'll stay there whenever they're in England. That's not their home. Their home is where they're going to be now. Wherever they decide to be that's outside of England, that's their home. That's where they feel welcome. That's something that they have cultivated and created. Frogmore Cottage, you know, Frogmore Cottage is probably more like an Airbnb at this point. I mean, they're paying rent too. And I still don't believe they should have given that 2.4 million pound whatever renovation cost back. But either way, I hope that if Megan does bring Archie back to England with her, that nobody sees him. As much as I would love to see pictures of Archie growing and crawling and, you know, doing whatever. I think, you know, we'll see that at the Invictus Games because that's Harry's and Megan's. If they decide to bring Archie, that's fine. But I hope that when they come back, because you know everybody's going to be looking for, I mean, I'm talking about the, the tabloids. They're going to be looking for any and every little photo, any and every little opportunity to see them. Now that they're back among the the family, I hope they don't have anything. I hope they don't get anything because you know they're itching for it. They're itching for it. And side note, right before Harry and Meghan made that announcement about, oh, we're getting up out of here. All right, I'm going to head out. (laughs) Before that, I remember reading an article headline saying, Kate, and this is not to shade her or anything, but, oh, the Duchess of Cambridge would like the kids to spend more time with Archie. (laughs) And I feel like the next day they were like, uh, actually, we're not coming back because y'all not finna corrupt mine. I just can't wait to see them in the context now that they have no obligations. Now that all of those people who turned up their noses and rolled their eyes now miss Harry and Meghan and kind of regret not coming to their defense, I cannot wait. Because keep in mind, they're coming back into a situation as individuals who can make the news for commanding a million dollars just to go speak at an event. I don't think it's too many people in that family that can do that. Harry and Meghan can, and it didn't take them very long to demonstrate that. But going back into that situation and knowing that there is absolutely nothing any one of them can say or do. I mean, people can try to, like Angela Levin can try to say, oh, well, you know, this is a thing that the queen was afraid of. You know, this is why they shouldn't go off and be minor royals. This is why they should have stayed as major royals working for free and taking abuse on behalf of the royal family. See? Talking at J.P. Morgan in Miami, you know, this is just going to make the royal family brand just a little bit tacky. Girl, no, it's not. It's already tacky. What should Harry do? Go drink some motherfucking milk? We good, sis. We're going to take our million-dollar checks and our million-dollar views, and we're going to be over here on the other side of the world. And not just collecting checks from J.P. Morgan Chase... But also, it's been reported, Goldman Sachs, too. 
I mean, you got to love it. And by the way, the Goldman Sachs talk is something that Harry's been working on way before the announcement to leave the royal family came out in January. And to me, that to me says that, for one, it completely destroys the argument that, oh, they're just out here chasing checks. They've been planning to make their exit. It just became news to you. But that to me makes me think that it confirms the fact that Harry has always wanted to leave. Harry has always wanted to extract himself from that circus. And then meeting Meghan, someone who created a life for herself before she met him. Meeting her, I think, gave him the courage to say, oh, wow, so as a team, we can actually really do this. And people like to joke about, oh, yeah, well, Meghan went over there and she got her man. I don't think that was her intention when she married Harry. But again, sis got there and she looked around and said, this is not for me. And Harry Ben knew it wasn't for him. So I think as soon as he decided that that was the woman he wanted to marry, I honestly believe he has been crafting a plan to exit. It's just that the tabloid media, the shadiness of his family, and the general negativity that surrounded their union as a whole only expedited the process. Like, that has to be emphasized. And of course, we see the critics changing their argument, changing the narrative, trying to constantly find ways to shift the blame of the irrelevance of the royal family to Harry and Meghan, saying, oh, well, it just cheapens their brand, and this is the thing that the queen was afraid of. It's not. But the fact that you're putting the brand relevance of the royal family on two people who are not responsible for the brand of the royal family being something that people look positively on, that says a lot about your royal family. Really, it does. It does. Because when you go and start blaming the people who are actually going to be wearing the crowns, starts with the queen, then you got Charles, then you got Will. They're the ones who should be giving you the brand that you can be proud of. Harry and Meghan are no longer even a part of that set, that cult. And so to me, that just says people need to find something better to do because the argument against Harry and Meghan is just wearing thin. But I hope they collect as many checks as they can. You know, it's not even about what they can. It's about what they want. They're going to collect as many checks as they want to. They're going to constantly be expanding their influence because people, again, people want to see them win in the royal family underestimated just to what extent people want to see them win. And the reason why people want to see them win is not just because, oh, you just want to throw money at them or you just want to make them far bigger than they already are. No, what they do, they choose to spend their time highlighting causes and highlighting people that are actually trying to make a positive difference in other people's lives and also ultimately in the world. Everybody wants to see someone who champions that win. And there's another element to this that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and that is, you know, look at Harry and Meghan. They're in their mid to late 30s. That is the age that Diana was when she passed. Knowing who she is, knowing the kind of influence she had on people, knowing what her standards for herself were, even back then talking about how trash the royal family was, how trash the press was, and then knowing that she was making her own moves to do exactly what Harry and Meghan are doing now, which, by the way, it's still early in 2020. We still got the foundation that they're going to roll out. We have the Invictus Games coming up. 
and they're starting their lives in this brand new context. So this is their debut year outside of the bullcrap. Diana was only beginning to build a legacy that she could stand on. And kudos to her because she was doing it on her own. And of course, we didn't get to see the full realization of what that would have been. But I really just hope that Harry and Meghan are deciding that not only are we stepping out and doing this for us and for our family or for our own legacy, but we're doing it for my mother, for Diana, who didn't get the chance to really build her own legacy outside of the royal family, outside of being somebody's wife. Man, shout out to Princess Diana for knowing who she is and blazing a trail and not being afraid to step outside the box because that definitely created an opportunity and sets a foundation for Harry and Meghan to do the exact same thing. And even as we speak, we're learning about brainstorming sessions that Harry and Meghan have gone to at Stanford University to get ideas about building their foundation. That's amazing. And what I love in hearing about this story is the fact that, yeah, they flew commercial. I wouldn't care whether they took private flights wherever they went <laughs> from here on out. But, yeah, they flew commercial. And so far, we haven't seen any pictures. So to me, that says a lot about the fact that people are trying very hard to honor their wishes and respect their privacy, which it really shouldn't be that hard to do. But we haven't seen pictures of them. And that's good. That's excellent. Meanwhile, people like Savannah Guthrie are on Twitter talking about flying commercial, giving the name of the airline, and then asking, no pics? People like that are a big part of the problem. And, you know, I know over the course of this podcast, I've kind of tried to give American media a little bit more of a pass because their coverage hasn't been as nasty. But I still think going on Twitter and pretty much encouraging people for the next time you see Harry and Meghan, snap a few pics so we can have something to talk about. I think that's trash. And I think sometimes when people tweet things, they don't really realize the impact that they could have. But like, don't turn into the Daily Mail. These are people who are out living their lives as private citizens. Don't be such a vulture in the news media that you're going to basically trade your dignity for a few probably bad quality cell phone pics from fellow passengers on any of their flights that they take. That's really beneath you, Savannah. So I'm going to just go ahead and put that out there. And here's what else I want to put out there. Shout out to Edward Innenfull for dropping a few facts on the timelines. Turns out Megan had the best-selling British Vogue in British Vogue history. All the critics, all the girls were talking about, oh, well, she didn't put any white women on the cover. Well, most of the women on the cover weren't white women, essentially. Oh, there's going to be backlash. Oh, well, royals don't edit magazines. And it turns out Megan's not the first. Meanwhile, there's no backlash. And it's the best-selling issue in British Vogue history. And the fact that Megan kept that little video, knowing full well she was going to drop it on the timeline. I really believe that even as she edited British Vogue, she and Harry knew they were going to leave at some point. And she's only just demonstrating that she's going to win regardless. She has won. That's really incredible. And that is to say that 
this is really only the tip of the iceberg. 2020 has a lot of great things in store, and I am really excited to see what's next. That's really all I have for today, guys. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Shout out to all the girls on Twitter, keeping receipts as long as CVS, keeping them honest out here, because <laughs> I've really been uh, getting my life through a lot of you guys' tweets. And just, you know, I think Sussex Squad's ability to keep things light and to make fun of the ridiculous has really been one of the highlights of this whole thing through all of the BS. So. Shout out to all of you guys. And of course, definitely, once again, shout out to all of my patrons who have continued to support the podcast and are directly contributing to the fact that I'm able to have an editor for this podcast. So bless all of y'all. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Sussex Squad. Find me on Instagram at Sussex Set. And make sure you're following Sussex Royal on Instagram as well. It's going to be a great year. Keep shining. Keep winning. And until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.